five people <laughs> that listen. I, I really appreciate those, those four or five people that are listening in. Um, I tried to do, um, it's Saturday night. It's the night after Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed. I tried to do a reaction podcast right after the vote happened, but I'm, uh, I'm kind of in an experimental phase with the recording process. I know the audio on the last couple recordings has not been great. Um, I've been trying some different things. It seems like the more expensive uh, the microphone, the, uh, the the worse it sounds using this app that I'm using, this Anchor app. Uh, Maga Dave, uh, who's not with me tonight, his his uh, his audio has been coming through really good, and he's been doing it really low-fi. So I'm attempting it here. I tried it a little bit earlier, which is just basically... Uh, uh, going through your basic uh, headphones and my beard kept rubbing against the microphone and it was pretty annoying so <clears throat> but uh, we're gonna try this out hopefully this is a little bit better um, you know I just want to give my um, give my reaction on the way this week is wrapped up I know we did a podcast earlier uh, before a lot of this stuff had happened, and it's just really been a crazy week, and I think it, it shows what the left is about now. Um, you ever heard that that saying, uh, too many chiefs and not enough Indians? Well, I, I think there's just a lot of Indians and no real chiefs. Um, it's sort of, there's a mob rule, and there's nobody leading the mob. The Democrat Party doesn't have any anybody that's that's handing down sort of marching orders. I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that think that George Soros is paying protesters, which I'm sure he is, and that he's handing down some marching orders. But I don't think there's any real power structure. Uh, Obama is kind of hovering around out there, but see, he's seemed pretty pretty unwilling to take on any kind of a mantle, and, and as well he should. Um, he served his time as the president, um, you know, but if he had any kind of grace, he would go away, but uh, he's not there, so that's fine, and Hillary has no grace, so we know she's never going to go away, that's fine too. Uh, I think both of them hovering around in the wings is helpful to the Republican Party right now. Um, I think the fact that there is this vacuum that is sort of being filled in different ways. In some ways, the media kind of gives the cues to uh, the Democrat senators and con- uh, representatives in Congress, and they kind of follow through with it. It's it's sort of a reciprocal. Uh, but, you know, it's funny, because you look to these... They had these protesters descend on, on uh, Washington, our nation's capital, and... The people that were speaking were like, you know, of course you have Melissa, Alyssa Milano out there, which uh, she has nothing to offer. She's just an angry, very privileged, <laughs> you know, uh, B actress who's very irrelevant. And you, uh, Amy Schumer and Emily Rajagabla, whatever, the, the, the <laughs> I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen Suicide Squad. But she was like the one that was uh, 
the villain, and uh, she sort of was like a glorified hula hooper, or like one of those blow-up inflatable things that they have out in front of like car dealerships, where it's like the 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 real straight thing, but the air kind of gets pumped, so it's like a contorting, and, and she um, uh, was not impressive. But she was there with Amy Schumer, which I I, I love Reddit. I, I have to be honest with you, I. I absolutely love the creativity of everyday uh, American citizens, patriots is, is what they are. Here, right in the middle of, of the meme war that we're in. But uh, Amy Schumer and uh, Emily Relabowski, whatever her name is, they both asked to be arrested, were sort of like, I think they were given like a $50 ticket and <clears throat> sent on their way, but they bragged on social media that, that they were arrested. And Amy Schumer, I don't know if it was like a drone or where the camera was, but she's sort of posing with like the black power fist in the air. Uh, And people on Reddit labeled her uh, Rosa Porks. And I just absolutely love that. I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I think it's absolutely true. Um, Amy Schumer obviously is... uh, um, I think they call her a comedian, and she used to, honestly, <clears throat> she used to be really funny. She was sort of irreverent, and I think a lot of people thought that she was conservative, the way she talked. She she had this, uh, she didn't care, and she just was really kind of this irreverent, rude person. And I think a lot of um, conservative, like, right-wing, freedom of speech, uh, People who are anti this uh, SJW culture, where everything is offensive, really had hopes for her. She, her, and Sarah Silverman um, were very different. They've 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 gone very SJW, social justice warrior. But Amy Schumer is Chuck Schumer's, I think, niece, and so there's some connection there. But she was out there gave a very uninspired speech. And then Linda Salsour, who is <clears throat> somehow connected. It's it's interesting to me, uh, some of these Muslim, and I have no, no real issue with any individual Muslim. I do think that depending on what part, what, you know, what sort of, if you're very traditional, um, the uh, Sharia law is pretty brutal. And the, the things that it, that it requires, like if a, for a woman to prove she was raped, she has to have uh, four males that vouch for her. If she can't get four males to vouch for her, she wasn't raped. And actually, I think it's part of Sharia law. If you're willing to marry the girl you raped, then you're, you, it's not a rape. Uh, imagine being that... Uh, being a woman in that position. So I I don't know. Um, I know there's a lot of people that say that moderate Muslims out there. Um, so I, I, I'm not really well versed in uh, Islam or, or just the Muslim faith. But Linda Salsour, uh, who is connected to women's rights, even though a lot of the things that she believes has to be really counter that. I mean, I saw where... She was called out on Twitter by uh, um, by another Muslim, where she had gone in 
think during the Kavanaugh hearings and gotten arrested. And he said, and he was being, I don't know if facetious is the right word, but he was kind of pointing out her absurdity. And he said, well, by Sharia law, you knew that by going in there and getting arrested that another man was going to touch you. So you can be stoned for that. Uh, but she has gotten connected. She was part of the, uh, the whole um, the pussy hat thing. Um, I'm trying not to cuss on this, but that's what those things are. So, you know, hopefully I don't, don't offend anybody. I guess I gotta say P word hats, but it's the, uh, she was a part of the whole women's march protest, but she's out there and, uh, it was some pretty ridiculous chance, but, but if you watch, there is no one, it's kind of random people getting up and trying to sort of lead this mob of people who made Brett Kavanaugh uh, sort of the target of all everything that ba- bad that had ever happened to them. All of a sudden, Brett Kavanaugh embodied that, and I thought it was ridiculous. And Bob Corker, who I'm not a huge fan of, uh, senator from Tennessee, which is really close to where I live, um, <clears throat> or I guess Memphis is really close to where I live, but... Uh, Bob Corker said, you know, Brett Kavanaugh is not the embodiment of everything that's ever happened to you. Any ba- Just because somebody once sexually assaulted you doesn't have anything to do with Brett Kavanaugh. But that's what you had. You had literal insane people that were willing, uh, uh, just because Brett Kavanaugh was accused without a shred of evidence, uh, people sort of put all of their, they embodied in him, everything bad that had ever happened to them, and it, it was chaos in a lot of ways. And um, it's not—it's—it's <clears throat> it's conflicting to me because, on the one hand, I, I would love to see people get more politically involved, hold our our senators and our representatives and the government, hold them accountable, but. I think that you have to you have to be better organized and you have to have a better message. That's the problem I think with the Democrat party. You have a lot of people that are very motivated to be politically active, but they don't really have any any good points to make. They they're sort of um, angry about a bunch of stuff. You know, this is and this is one of the things I don't really want to get into the Kaepernick discussion now because I feel like I want to dedicate a whole podcast to that. But, but it's sort of like this is the problem I have with a lot of the. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. It, I, it's always a, a tough subject to wade into. But this is a problem I have with some of these people, like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and like Colin Kaepernick. It's like. They want to give Martin Luther King all this credit for everything he did. And believe me, I I think that Dr. King, I think that Martin Luther King had a a wonderful impact. But they, on the one hand, they want to give uh, Martin Luther King all this credit for what he accomplished. And then they want to turn around and say that nothing has changed. Everything is the same. Well, if, you know, if these, if Martin Luther King, if um, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, I mean, if, if all of these, you know, and you could get into like Bobby Seals, you could get into Marcus Garvey. I mean, uh, different 
black leaders that that fought for um, fought for equal for civil rights. If if they were effective, then things changed. You know, the, if the world's a better place because of Martin Luther King, then it's not the same. Martin Luther King, uh, and 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 it's it's like our culture is so starved for heroes that we don't really know what they look like. Somebody like Martin Luther King. <clears throat> Martin Luther King grew up in a, in, a, in a time where there was racism. There really was a lot of segregation and uh, Jim Crow laws in a really dark time in, in our past. That's not the only thing that was going on and there were some also great things that were going on at that time that our, our nation was building. But at the time that uh, Martin Luther King was growing up, he had all these downward forces. A lot of things that he had to overcome. You hear Thomas Sowell talk about this, talk about how, how much tougher his school was than what the white uh, kids um, were going to. The inner city schools that Thomas Sowell came up in, and he says, thank God, because it was going to be tougher for me to do the same thing that they were doing so it had to be tougher but kind of along those same lines Martin Luther King is uh, coming up at this time he's having to overcome all these obstacles it's building character the whole time it's building character uh, so that when he steps into the role of being a leader he has built character through adversity well a lot of the people like Colin Kaepernick, they didn't have to overcome adversity. They were, you know, Colin Kaepernick was adopted by um, wealthy white people. He, he grew up wealthy. And then he went to college and then he was uh, immediately signed to like multi-million dollar contract as a quarterback. So where was his character built that he is this leader, you know? So, but getting back sort of the Kavanaugh thing, that's where I think the Democrat Party is um, failing in, in a lot of ways. They're leaderless. They don't have a good message. They're just whiny. They're having to to sort of complain about stuff from the past because they want so badly <clears throat> to have an impact. But times are different, and we need different kind of heroes. And right now, if you talk about heroes real heroes. Now, there's the everyday heroes, the police, the, you know, the military, people that, that, that put their, their selves on the line every day. But um, I would look, especially like for my daughter, and, and I, I don't think it's relegated to just women. I think um, what Susan Collins did during this Brett Kavanaugh thing, the speech that she gave, how she lay, laid her decision out and how she came about it in the face of such adversity I think was heroic my my daughter I had one of these moments with her where I, I as a parent I, I have a three-year-old and, and a one-year-old I have another one on the way and so <clears throat> I'm new to to parenting in, in a lot of ways but I had this this moment and I think it's one of those ones that I'll always remember we were watching, I think it was Wonder Woman. It 
was either Wonder Woman or Justice League, but I'm pretty sure it was Wonder Woman, and it was just, it was on, like, HBO, and, uh, happened to kind of flip, flip to it and let, and, and had it on, and my daughter, up to this point, she has, you know, little kids, they don't see as boy or girl, um, so she just sort of likes characters on cartoons that she watches or movies that she sees. She doesn't think about that they're a boy and she's a girl, whatever. Um, and, and as a kid, I don't think that you need to complicate it any more than that for them. Just that they, they like a character. Well, that's fine. You don't have to say, well, that's a boy and you can't, you can't want to be a boy. No, because, because sexual orientation and even gender is not something she can comprehend so it's it's just silly to try to bring that in to children even these people that talk about <laughs> that they're not raising their kids with any gender in mind well by avoiding all that you're complicating it too much because i'm not raising my daughter to be a gender per se but She's aware that she's a girl, her mother's a girl, her grandmother's a girl, you know, whatever. And the older that she gets, the more she's sort of becoming aware of this. But we were watching Wonder Woman, and it was like right at the part where uh, it's kind of like in the middle of the movie, I guess, where where, uh, they come upon this battle, and there's like the trenches, and... They're showing her where the front of the war is, but they're, they're calling it no man's land. No man um, can cross this, this land. And of course, they're queuing that, that she's going to be able to because she's not a man. Uh, but I don't, I, I don't take it, you know, I, anyway, I don't take offense to, to them uh, making Wonder Woman this powerful figure. But she starts kicking all this butt at my daughter looked at me and she goes is she a girl and man just the way she, she said it it was a powerful moment I, I got you know <laughs> got emotional my kids I um, my kids bring that out in me more than anything else ever has but I said yeah she's a girl she goes like me and I said yeah just like you and she's jumping around in the living room and she's fighting and all this stuff and it was just, it was special. And I, I think that, uh, I, I like that, that actress that plays Wonder Woman. I think her name is like Gal Gadot or something like that. She's an Israeli. And um, she's gotten some flack from the SJW crowd because for some reason these people have like glommed on to this Palestinian. I don't, I don't, there's a lot of connections. This, this sort of like loose coalition uh, uh, of intersectionality, these people, um, there's just victim groups. I, I, some of it I just don't understand. But when I'm talking to my daughter as she gets older, of course, about heroes and being heroic and being a woman and being a hero, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to her about what Susan Collins did uh, yesterday in standing up after she had been getting threats on her life, threats on her family, you know, all, all, all these different kind of um, pressures that she's a woman. So she has to stand up for these rights of, of, of women and uh, sexual assault survivors and all this, all this stuff. And Lisa Murkowski, 
Um, God help Lisa Murkowski because I sure wouldn't. Uh, you want to talk about somebody who uh, just needs to give it up and, and put put the D by her name. Um, but but uh, you know Susan Collins. I I, I got to be honest with you. When they when they had the cloture vote and they said, well, um, Susan Collins voted yes, but she's going to make an announcement at three o'clock on how she's going to vote. I thought that she was going to vote no. I thought that I didn't see any other reason why she would put that pressure on herself except for that she was going to come back and say no. So, and she's done that before. She's voted yes for cloture, which if, if you're not familiar with, with what it means, it's just, it's, it's the debate. It's a parliamentary procedure that Mitch McConnell invoked, the, and it's to keep the Democrats from being able to filibuster, uh, filibuster the, the, the nomination. So they invoke cloture. There's like a 30-hour limit. And then they vote to close cloture. Now, if they don't close it, then you'll never get the nomination through. So Susan Collins voted to close, but then they said she's going to make an announcement at 3 o'clock. And so um, I kind of spent Friday thinking, well, okay, if she drops out, well, uh, Joe Manchin, who voted yes, said that he was not going to be the tiebreaker. And so if Susan Collins drops out and Joe Manchin drops out and votes no, then it's then it's 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 gonna get defeated. So I had an eerie suspicion uh, of of the that, that things might fall apart Friday afternoon. And I really just thought, how could they give in to these protesters there seeing these people in their face? How how could you possibly give in to that crowd? And you want to talk about ridiculousness. They were standing outside of her office all afternoon. And it's these just idiotic, overprivileged, um, uh, majority white women standing out of her office singing, We Will Overcome. I mean, good Lord. You want To me, that's blasphemy. If I was a civil rights figure, I would... You want to talk about appropriation? Get the hell out of here with that crap. Ugh. It's like, you know, they're comparing themselves to these people who had the stress. They had to come up from the struggle. Come on. You have no idea what real, uh, uh, real civil rights heroes and these people went through. You have no idea. And... There's a reason you have no idea, and it's because those civil rights people, they already did the hard part. Not that the fight is completely over, but they they won a lot for equality. The people nowadays, the modern Democrat Party, they don't want equality. They, they shot past that part. Their leaders uh, and people like Al Sharpton and, excuse me, Jesse Jackson, Maxine Waters, the poverty pimp, these people, they realized long ago that it was much more financially and, and beneficial and as far as power goes that, hey, if the fight never ends, then I'm never out of a job. But, you know, if we uh, start declaring that um, there's quality, then we don't have any victims anymore. And victims are real good for, for that kind of business. 
So, uh, it just made me sick. But here comes Susan Collins, and I was listening to this, um, listening to her speech, and I was, I, I, I gotta be honest, I'm not, I have not been a big fan of Susan Collins. I think she's kind of a rhino, um, very moderate. She has uh, gone against Trump. I don't think she's real impressed with Trump. Um, but her speech was well thought out. It was well versed. She knew what she was talking about. And um, it was incredibly powerful and courageous in the face of a really fervent op- opposition. And right after she announced, Joe Manchin said he would vote yes. And so it was really hanging on that. Susan Collins is the reason that Brett Kavanaugh is, is a judge on the Supreme Court now. Um, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, these are unlikely heroes, folks. Uh, not people that I have been big fans of the past two years. People that I have thought were very weak. Uh, there's a... a a tweet from Trump that's going around talking about when Trump talks about that the Republicans are not used to winning, he will teach them. He has. Trump is on a winning streak. Even CNN had to admit it, which was you know, painful for them. But these people are taking solace in the fact that they think that the majority of Americans agree with them and so that they're going to go vote in the midterms. I think they're going to be sadly mistaken. I think these people are in such a bubble, they have no idea what's coming for them in the midterms. The only worry that I have is kind of like the nuclear reaction when these people are truly separated from even the possibility of power for a while. Um, But let's not worry about that today. Today is a uh, day for celebration. I hadn't had a beer in probably a year or or more. I... I, uh, when I used to tour um, uh, playing music and, and when I played music more, uh, I was a pretty heavy drinker. Now that I have kids, I uh, don't drink as much uh, and really at all. But uh, uh, I had a beer today in, uh, in honor of Brett Kavanaugh. And uh, so, you know, folks, let's tip up a glass today and let's celebrate. And um, I think that... Um, we're gonna. Uh, I think that we definitely have have gotten a, a big victory here, and I really appreciate uh, the Republicans representing their base um, in a way that I think, in a lot of ways, they haven't. Uh, so you know, it's it's a. Uh, um, I've got my kid uh, uh, running in here, so I'm going to cut this a little bit short. Um, But um, but I appreciate those of you listening, and uh, hopefully we'll have Maggie Dave back here pretty soon, and we'll uh, come back and do a little bit more breakdown for analysis. Uh, But thank you for tuning in to this special uh, Judge Kavanaugh confirmation episode of the Glenn Keck Show.